Welcome to McCann on Sports. I am your host, Abe McCann. And um, before we get started today, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to what is the latest show coming from the Fallen 360 Media Company umbrella. We are live here at the McCannibal Ale House and Cigar Bar where we record this new sports program. Um, I hope you guys find it very entertaining. It's going to be um, a little bit of a departure from your average sports show. Yeah, we'll talk about you know highlights and scores and you know trade rumors and all the latest activities in each sport. But my goal for this show is to teach you a little bit more and open the discussion on why are sports so important in our society? Why do we care so much? What is it about sports in America and around the world? That really gets people so wrapped up, so involved, so emotionally connected to something that in reality <clears throat> is entertainment. Now, the word sport comes from the Middle English term disport, right? And the word disport was used to describe a, an entertainment or a pastime, a leisurely activity, if you will, right? The modern definition of sport is defined as an activity involving physical exertion where an individual or, or individuals, a team, if you will, compete against other individuals or other teams for entertainment purposes. And again, there's that word again, entertainment. But if you think about it, why is it so, so big in our culture? Why are we so connected? I think in order to really answer that question and figure out the psychology behind why sports are so important to us, we really need to take a look back about the history of sport. The history of sport can be traced back to early man 3,000 years ago, roughly. And the original sports were not used necessarily as just solely entertainment activities or pastimes. The original sports were more like a prep, was a training, if you will, prepping for war, prepping for hunting. 3,000 years ago, you had to be a good hunter or you wouldn't eat. And unfortunately, man has been at war with each other since its beginning. Since, our, since the day one, we have been training and fighting with each other. And so in order to maintain proficiency at your, as all you military guys will say, all your warrior tasks and skills, you have to practice. And one way to practice and do so in a way that maybe perhaps allowed man to not, I guess, get too stressed out or do so in a way that would be entertaining was to make sports out of it. So, you know, your early sports would be things like bow shooting, throwing javelins, spears, um, even perhaps hand-to-hand combat. Anytime you um, can create an activity that you're learning to do something and then make a little competition out of it, you usually generate a lot more buy-in. You get a little bit more personal investment from the uh, participants. So early man used sport as a way to maintain proficiency. 
And from there, it just kind of grew, you know, and then you fast forward to 776 BC. So here we are, you know, well over 2000 years of sport before it actually became some type of organized activity. And thanks to the Greeks in 776 BC, we had our first Olympics. Um, And, you know, for those of you that like the Olympics now, you know, the modern version of it, just, you know, there's a few, there's several key differences. Um, First off, the Virgin Olympics were very small. You had chariot racing, you had wrestling, spear throwing, jumping contests, um, disc throwing, and then running and sprinting. So very limited, you know, a glorified track and field meet, if you will, with a little bit of a wrestling and, and racing in there. It's also important to note that the original Olympics were uh, conducted in the nude. So can you imagine that today? A bunch of world-class athletes running around naked. Probably wouldn't go over very well, right? But sport became a spectacle from the get-go. So as soon as the Greeks went ahead and organized it, it started to gain in popularity, started to gain value. It wasn't anymore just primitive tribes running through the bush trying to maintain proficiency so they'd be successful on their hunts and provide food for their families and, and security. It became a spectacle. And you fast forward to the Roman Empire, you had a situation where sports was only for the wealthy. So these wealthy Roman people, they would build their own gymnasiums. They were the only ones that could afford it because what their wealth brought was leisure. It brought them free time. They weren't like the peasants that had to work from sunup to sundown just to eat. They began to enjoy the success and the security of the Roman Empire. And as we all know, the Romans were very... Um, how do you say that? They, they, they enjoyed it in excess. They're notorious for their culture being one to celebrate the excess, whether it's food or power or violence or sex. And so early sports were considered to be, um, were considered to only be for the wealthy, for those that could afford to invest in things like their own gym and their own training. The Romans, their sports Unlike the the Greeks, although they shared a lot of similarity, they were they were a lot more violent. And so, in the Rome in the Roman Empire, you started to see things like, of course, we had chariot racing. Apparently, we've been racing since day one. So, in case you ever wonder why NASCAR and Formula One are so popular, it's in our blood. We've always wanted to go fast. So, you can see young Ricky, Ricky Bobby during the the Roman Empire. They're hauling ass through the Colosseum, you know. But they also had other things, darker sports, like wrestling and boxing. But then they had the the gladiator fights, fights to the death, pitting man against man, man against beast. And not only were these just sporting events, though, the Romans used them to control the populace. They also used them to send messages to those that would defy the Roman Empire or try to commit crimes or be murderers or criminals or things like that, they would take these prisoners and they would make them fight. They'd put them in the arena, offering them the opportunity to either fight to death or just be executed. And I mean, it wasn't just strictly for entertainment purposes. Sure, there was a fair amount of bloodlust in the Roman Empire and the people of Rome enjoyed seeing these spectacles, but it was the government. It was the government sending messages, letting people know that there were consequences and repercussions should you choose to go against the rule of law in Rome. And it was the Roman Empire, the Roman Emperor Nero in 37 AD, 
who took this to the next level. Nero felt that sport, gladiator fights, public executions, things like that were a way to control the populace. So what he would do is he was to he would go on to nationalize the sport. He would build the first large arenas where they could gather large groups of people, like in the Colosseum in Rome, and they could put on these spectacles. And with the gladiators, they not only used it as a form of entertainment, but they used it in a way to teach the lower class, less educated citizens of Rome about Roman history, often often in times reenacting battles that the Romans won. Even battles that the Romans lost, this was like propaganda. They could reenact the battle, change the outcome, and provide a history lesson, or at least a narrative that the, the government wanted its populace to, to see and to hear. So if you look at you know mainstream media today, and you always hear a lot about, oh, the media this, the media that, it's fake news and things like that. Well, this is the original fake news. This is the original narrative. This is the original government you know, putting things out to the masses, telling the story, controlling the narrative. And so you you had this thing that began as primitive man providing for their family. Then it became an, an idea, a, an activity, a sport for the wealthy. And now the government has monopolized it and taken it over and used it to fuel the propaganda machine and to control the masses. You know, and it's it's important to know that the violence in Roman sports had a specific purpose. You went to the arena and you saw the gladiators, which were slaves or oftentimes criminals or people who had somehow defied government rule. And now they were being put on on display, a spectacle for the masses to see. Engaged in a fight literally to their death. And those were your options. You break the law, you pay the price. And so what it did was it sent that message. You know, look, this is what happens when you defy the government. Public executions, public hangings. But it did so in a way that the masses looked at it as a story more than anything else. So instead of just dragging someone to the center of the town and beating them to death or hanging them, they made it into a sport, something to entertain the masses. And Another side effect of this was that the lowest, the lower class citizens of Rome, it made them kind of okay with their plot in life. Because no matter what, how poor they were, how much they were struggling, they weren't the gladiator. They weren't that poor slave in the middle of the arena getting ready to be eaten by a tiger or die at the tip of some other man's spear who was in the same desperate situation as he was. So it quelled the masses. It kind of gave them that little bit of numbness that they needed to think like, you know what, I'm a slave in the Roman Empire, I'm poor, I'm living in the streets, I can barely feed my family, but you know what, I have an escape. Because at the end of the day, I can go to the gladiator, I can go see the gladiator fights, and they don't charge. It's free, the government gives me free tickets. And then I can see someone whose life is worse than mine. Someone who is about to possibly lose their life. And so it was a, it was a tool used, and the government, the Romans especially, were very good at it. They were very good at this idea of distracting the masses, you know, foreign policy, wars going on, all these things that could generate civil unrest were being ignored because of the spectacle of Rome. 
It's often said, you'll hear that a lot, the spectacle of Rome. So you have the spectacle of Rome being its structures, the Colosseum, these churches, these cathedrals, these amazing buildings, the aqueducts, all these technological advances. And it was always like, at what cost? Rome was built on the backs of slaves, people who were prisoners and tortured and beaten. But it was okay because nobody thought about it. They were too busy enjoying these other things. And so throughout man's history, you can see where sports are not just leisure anymore. You can see how they got there. Humble beginnings to becoming a tool used similar to religion in many ways to quell the masses. And so as we start to go down this journey together and talk about sport, I think it's important that we realize the heritage and the history of sport. Because without knowing that, there's really going to be no way we can have a good discussion about modern society and our modern sports. Now, no, don't get me wrong. This isn't a, you know, hate America, hate sports type thing. It's more of a, a, a history lesson. It's more of a kind of get into tune with what sport is and why you like it. I love sports, specifically combat sports. I enjoy boxing. I enjoy MMA, wrestling, things like that. And, you know, I think that the violence of it, I think that the the idea of you versus one other man is is appealing. And I know where it came from. It came from that gladiator in the arena. It came from that primitive man who was trying to protect his tribe and his village or provide. And on a basic level, it's probably the most human experience that you can you can have. Because no matter what walk of life you are, what culture, what race, what creed, religion, every different part of man and mankind has experienced war and combat. It's a commonality that, you know, it's a commonality. It, it, it's something that unites us all, whether good, bad, or, or whatever your thoughts are on that. And sports is an extension of that. And as we get into other episodes, you know, we'll talk about people who compare sport to war and why that's appropriate or maybe not, right? But today we're just talking about where did it come from, you know? So like the Romans, get back to them real quick. You know, they they are the fathers of many modern sports. So if you think about, like we said earlier, the uh, the chariot races in the Colosseum. Now, if you've ever seen a picture of the Colosseum, you know, it's it's comparable today to a football stadium. Same size, you know. I mean, it could hold 100,000 people. It's huge. And they had these chariot races in there. So, I mean, if you really think about it, back in the Roman Empire... There was 100,000 people in a stadium watching people go fast and turn left. And if you can't see the similarity between that and NASCAR, then you're blind, you know. But when you watch these races, you have that experience that you is a shared experience from your forefathers, from the people that went before us 1,000 years ago. You are sitting there. Maybe the technology is different. You know, maybe the uh, the stadiums are more modern. But in reality, it's the same experience. And sport is one of those things that is universal throughout mankind. Every race, every religion, every country has sport. Every different type of person, different sex, male and female, we all have sport, right? But the Romans get a, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, chariot racing, gladiator, right? But they were the original, they created boxing, you know? And it wasn't like modern boxing, because when you boxed in Rome, there was no, there was no ring, or no rounds, rather. There was no timer, you didn't box until like the 12th and then go to a decision. You boxed till you couldn't box anymore. And it wasn't bare knuckle back then. They had leather gloves and they made these reinforced leather rings to go around your fingers to try and soften the impact on your hands. But if you got in a boxing match in Rome, you boxed. 
and that was it. And you kept going till you couldn't go anymore. And like the gladiator fights, the racing and the boxing, it was it was ideal. It was um it was admired by the Roman people because in their minds it was a show of test and strength, and it represented the power of Rome, the empire. The Romans were stronger. They were faster. They could endure more pain. And they're, like their empire, the citizens of Rome were representatives of their strength and power. And that's why they were so, that's why they liked them so much. And that's why people wanted so, were so attracted to sport when Nero created these national sports programs. You know, but here's some other ones that came out of Rome that you may not think about. So the Romans had an early version of chess and checkers. They also, for all you guys that like slap bones on the weekends, they're accredited with the creating the first domino games. And one other ones, you know, if that's not your game, if you're like Ashley Larry, you like to throw a little, little dice on the sidewalk there in a the corner. Well, they're, they're accredited for inventing dice games as well. They had a, an array of sports. And again, it wasn't strictly for the wealthy anymore. The Roman Empire realized the power of sport. And that it could be an effective tool in controlling the narrative of the country and controlling civil unrest. So think about that next time you're watching the NFL or you're watching the NBA or NASCAR or whatever. And think about what you're doing. You're sitting around on your couch. You're eating some food. You're hanging out with friends and family. And you're having a good time, right? But you're, what are you not doing? You're not thinking about the president. You're not thinking about the government or the war or whatever. And when that stuff, as Americans especially, but when that stuff, that politics, that government, the uh, social issues, controversy creeps into your sport, oh, do we lose our minds, right? Oh, my God, look at these fucking guys. Are they really kneeling? Are they kneeling in front of the national anthem? Oh, my God, right? Next thing you know, the whole country's in an uproar and blah, 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 right? But why? If they were kneeling on the sidewalk in front of... um you know, a homeless shelter or they were kneeling and they're marching and protesting in Washington, nobody would give two shits. But heaven forbid they interrupt our beloved sport. And you know what? The the NFL especially, they know that. They know that there's that, that this type of activity will create civil unrest and it will break their precious hold on what they, they have on the on the American people. And you, you know, if you take five seconds to read any of any news about the kneeling or Colin Kaepernick, whatever your political opinion is on it, the biggest purveying sentiment about the entire thing is, oh my God, you are interrupting my fucking sports. And I love sports, and you know, I'm just like every guy. I like watching football on Sunday, and not so much because I get to see, you know, a bunch of the, you know, the highest paid athletes in the world, the most physically gifted people in the world engage in some sort of contest that's probably, you know, the closest thing to a gladiator event other than UFC. You know, I enjoy watching it, enjoy the strategy behind it. I enjoy seeing the contest, but I enjoy not thinking about my job. I enjoy being with my friends and my family, having a cold one and just kind of escaping. And that's like those poor Roman citizens. For those two, three hours or whatever that day, I forget about my lot in life. I'm no longer worried about what my issues are, my stress, things that I got to deal with. I'm more focused on the arena. I'm focused on that individual, that gladiator who, for better or for worse, has been placed there in front of me to entertain me for the day. And that's why sports is so powerful. And for those of you that don't 
have never stopped to think about the history of sport and how it's related today. You know, this is a good opportunity for you. The Romans, they took a sport from the Greeks and then they made it violent and they sensationalized it. They institutionalized it. They used it for, they perverted it. They perverted its origin and used it as a tool to control people. And now you look at today's day, right? You look at today's day and age. Some of the, like most of the things the Romans did would be frowned upon. There's nobody that gets arrested for, you know, murdering somebody and then gets put in a public square and is forced to fight another murderer. And then we say, whoever wins lives, right? We don't do that. It's not because we've evolved as a society. And the other reason that it's like that too, my humble opinion, is we don't need those extreme measures to control people anymore. The government has found new ways to control you with media and entertainment. And, you know, if you want to know, for the most part, when that started to change, you need to look back again to the Roman Empire. When the Romans decided to adopt Christianity, Christianity as the official religion of Rome, they started to phase out a lot of the old savage Roman pastimes and customs like gladiator fights. You know, and those old gladiators, they didn't all die in the arena. A lot of them just died of old age because the fights were banned. They did away with the gladiator contest. And so these old war horses just kind of faded off into eternity. Died of old age or, you know, died of working in a slave labor camp or something like that. But it was the Christian religion, the Catholic specifically, that, that did away with all that savagery. And so you you fast forward into modern times. And some of those relics are still there. We still have boxing. We have mixed martial arts. There's still that bloodlust, you know, especially like if you look at a hockey game. Somebody gets in checked, boom, blood everywhere. They start fighting and the crowd goes nuts because as a society, we still have that bloodlust. We've just learned to quell it because it's not civilized. You look at our video games. You look at our entertainment. If you're an American, you would frown upon gladiator combat. You would frown upon public executions. We still execute prisoners here, but we try to do so in a private, humane you know, manner. People are given lethal injection. It's done so behind prison walls. No one's taken out to the town square and lynched, and everybody gets to watch them you know, hang, suffocate. I mean, the last public hanging I can think of was when old, good old Saddam got hung. The Iraqis put him in front of the whole world so we could watch him die. But as Americans, you know, we don't do that. That's uncivilized. But conversely, we still have that bloodlust. It hasn't gone anywhere. Look at the games our kids play. Look at how excited crowds get during a boxing match when someone gets hurt. Look at how the crowd goes nuts during NASCAR when a car wrecks. And look at the shows we watch. In this country, we, we are, for better or for worse, addicted to violence. We look at nudity and sexuality and things like that is taboo we don't want our kids to see these we don't want them to see tits on the oh god janet jackson's titty fell out like oh right but arnold schwarzenegger movie comes on and rambo and these dudes are laying you know their body counts well over a couple hundred dudes and we love it we eat it up americans love a good shootout film we love things about the wild west when the streets of you know tombstone arizona you look at that a couple of guys got into a beef you really think about it, you did our brass tacks, you know. You had Doc Holliday and his crew. Wyatt Earp was pretty much a corrupt lawman that it was just trying to make a buck and then they oh, here come the bad guys and then 
they duke it out. Literally, they shoot each other to death in the street. And now it's an American legend. And we love shit like that. But we've forgotten our way, you know. But we frown upon when anybody brings up our Roman history and our thirst for blood. It's, ooh, don't do that. You know, and if you think about it, sports in America were fanatics. You know, you hear about the soccer hooligans in, in Europe and stuff. And I'm telling you what, there's a whole bunch of British fans in Moscow right now that never left the World Cup because they got super hooligan and fanatic jumping on police cars and the cops beat the crap out of them, right? But if you look here in our homeland, fanaticism, it's right there in the word fan. It's based short for fanatic. And, you know, you open up Google and you just type in fan before you can even finish it. You get things like Eagles fan gets beaten by police. Drunk fans at AT&T get arrested. Cops arrest 100 Patriots fans before the game. Or, and then, you know, another Philly fan arrested for punching a police horse. And then my favorite, Philly fans considered psychotic. So I'm picking on you, Philadelphia, but that's because you're a bunch of degenerates. Your fans are degenerates. And, you know, you guys, for better or for worse, I mean, this is the same fucking fans that threw snowballs at Santa Claus. But you, you make my point for me, that we take this sport so serious. We take everything serious here when it comes to our sports. Guys were beaten to death outside Dodger Stadium for being a Giants fan. You don't fucking go to the black hole in Oakland wearing a Denver Bronco jersey. You'll get killed. Yeah, and I said it like that, killed, because it's gangster. I mean, they're, they're famous Raider fans for the black hole. Have you ever been there? Check it out. Google it. You'll see what I'm saying. So in your society, you have been ingrained Mentally, since 3,000 years ago, 3,000 years of evolution that we are trying to discuss on this show today, right? So I guess it'll probably take us 3,000 years more to fully understand it. But you know what? We're going to do it, and we're going to have fun with it. But I wanted to make sure in my first episode that every one of you out there realized there's a reason why you love sports so much. You probably didn't even know why, but hopefully now you have a better insight. Me, being a veteran... There's a reason why I like violence. There's a reason why I enjoy the sports that I do. Because I not only have been, you know, a warrior and gone to war and seen these things, but I enjoy the history of it. And I enjoy the evolution of things and seeing how we've gone from primitive scattered tri- tribes across the countryside just trying to protect ourselves to being a modern, evolved society that despite everything that's happening, Everybody being politically correct, everybody trying to be super emotional and and be inclusive and everybody equal rights. At the end of the day, there are constant reminders in all societies, not just American, that deep down inside our savagery is there. We have not we have not lost it. Thousands of years of evolution and changes in philosophy, technology, religion, society. That one remains and it's probably one of the most human qualities that we all have. And today, that's what we talked about. You know where it comes from. You know it's in there. So, moving forward, remember that. Explore your inner savage. Connect with that. And as we go down this road and we discuss sports and society and things like that, always keep that in the back of your mind. I look forward to talking to you guys each and every week, learning about your views on sports, your opinions, and really just kind of exploring the whole dynamic between culture, sports, society, and why we love it so much. So thanks for tuning in. 
Uh, hit me up, message me at Fallen360 on Facebook. I'd like to know what you thought about today's episode. And if you do have a chance, please go on iTunes and Anchor and the different apps and rate this. That really does help us figure out, you know, not only what we're doing right, but what we're doing wrong and helps us spread the word. So let us hear from you. All right. I need to know. We really want this to be a good, entertaining and informative show. And um, we need you to do that. So in the meantime, thank you again for your time. Hope you guys have a good week. Make sure you... uh, Tune in to next week's podcast and listen to what we have to say. I think you guys will enjoy it. Not so much history. We're actually going to get way more into uh, And like I said, we're going to cover it all. Boxing, MMA, basketball, baseball, football, curling. I mean, if it involves any type of contest, competition, I mean, we'll cover it. And I don't know if you've been watching a lot of ESPN lately, but I mean, they got goddamn cornhole on TV now. So... There's no there's no depth that we will not go to to cover it. If you're passionate about it and you want to know more, write the show, let me know, and we will discuss it. That's it for me today. Uh, talk to you guys later, man. We can't.